It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happy Monday, Oil Country. The Oilers did not skate today. They will be back at it tomorrow. My goodness, a week from tomorrow, we'll have an actual game broadcast here on 6.30. Chet, Oilers and Flames in an exhibition contest. Face-off show at 6. The puck will drop at 8.30. And, of course, I know you already have it marked on your calendars, but I'll promo it anyway. Saturday, August 1st, 1 p.m. start time, 11 a.m. face-off show Oilers against the Blackhawks in game one of their best of five qualifying round series. The NHL announcing today that during the first five days of phase three, that's formal training camp, two positive tests for COVID-19. They administered over 2,600 tests to more than 800 players. So only two positive tests. So that's good news. The NHL had been concerned. You've been hearing a lot of talk about this two week period between the start of training camp and everybody reporting to the hubs in Edmonton and Toronto that they want players healthy and able to go to the hub cities and get in the bubbles and roll from there. So that is a good sign. Also today, Sportsnet announcing details of some of uh, their coverage for the NBA, Major League Baseball, and of course, the National Hockey League. And I saw uh, this little tidbit as I was uh, scrolling through the article from Edmonton. Award-winning play-by-play announcer Chris Cuthbert makes his Sportsnet debut alongside game analyst Louis DeBrusque with the live call for the Western Conference qualifying series featuring Canadian teams. So on the tube, you will get my first guest tonight, Chris Cuthbert, doing some Oilers play-by-play. Chris, you're on with Reed for the second time in the last couple of months. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Good to be with you, and you're, uh, you're stuck with me for a couple of months, apparently. So you're heading into the bubble, eh? Uh, actually, uh, not officially into the bubble. We're we're in the hub, but uh, I'm kind of on the outside of that, uh, which means I don't get to uh, uh, rub shoulders with the players down at ice level at any time. But that's okay. Uh, uh, I get to walk around town and uh, get to uh, get in the building and go upstairs, and and can't wait for them to drop the puck. Now, have they told you if you are going to be in the concourse play-by-play chair or the eight stories high above the ice play-by-play chair? No, I, I you know what? I, I, I'd be boycotting this interview if I was uh, eight stories up. <laughs> I, I believe it's going to be a, 
a different uh, position, just a little bit higher than the uh, uh, the regular one that Sportsnet uses. I think they're going to have a couple more cameras in there, and we're going to be uh, uh, one level up, but not eight levels up. Well, for you, getting to spend August, September, maybe into October in Edmonton, uh, I mean, nothing new. And I, look, I know you visit Edmonton all the time with your CFL and other NHL play-by-play responsibilities, but we used to live here. Is there anything you miss about the city or a part of the city you want to say, hey, I want to get re-familiarized with that or see how it is? Like, I know things are different. The festivals won't be going on, and there may be limited uh, restaurant and entertainment opportunities. But tell us about uh, your connection to our fine fair city. Well, I, I, I did live there from uh, 84 to 91 uh, and uh, have always loved going back uh, and uh, to be honest with you, it's going to be a lot of hotel and, uh, and mostly rink. And so I'm trying to scope out uh, takeout options. They're not going to serve us any food at the rink. So uh, my number one focus right now is good downtown takeout food options. So, uh, and I'm being told that it's better than ever down there, which is, uh, which is good news. It is. I would say the last decade has been very, very good for the Edmonton food scene, and I can attest to that. Well, I'll tell you what, people can tweet you <laughs> their suggestions. That's the beauty yeah, of social I'm, media. <laughs> I'm I'm open for those, that's for sure. CCPXPSN, that's where you get Chris Cuthbert on Twitter. So let him know where he should get takeout, kind of within a few block radius of uh, Rogers Place, preferably. That can be our off-topic topic tonight, or you can text me, 780-496-0063. In our intro there, we have some Jack Michaels play-by-play. I mean, as a guy who's in that profession, Chris, Jack's call of that goalie fight. I, I, I could listen to that all day. You must love that, too. Yeah, Jack. Uh, that that's not the only call I love from Jack. He uh, he does a great job, and that uh, that's a position that uh, has been well filled in Edmonton for a long time. I I can remember being in Edmonton in '81 when the Oilers finished off the Montreal Canadiens, and they had all the highlight calls with Rod Phillips and the Star Wars theme at the time, and and that used to blow me away. And uh, and Jack's calls of uh, all the great McDavid moments and and the those fights too are are pretty good uh i'll put you on the spot here craziest fight or maybe a memorable fight that, that you called i don't know if you've you've probably done goalies somewhere along the way though they don't go at it as much as maybe they they used to i mean rob brown has stories from the western hockey league about full fights in the warm-up uh, but uh, what's a, what's a fight that you've called that stands out you know i i can't can't think of of uh, of one I've called, I remember the the Dave Brown Stu Grimson back to back fights and and that uh, Grimson did all right in the first meeting and of course they went right back at it the next game and uh, and uh, Dave Brown almost ended Stu Grimson's career right there but uh, he did that to uh, to a few guys. Chris, so let me ask you this. I've asked every player I've interviewed, well, what did you do to stay sharp during the pause? Did you do anything voice-wise, play-by-play-wise, research-wise? I'm just wondering, do you, do you try to keep something in, in tune? I, I wonder how you as a broadcaster handled this. 
Well, I watched a lot of old games, and I talked about that in one of the reasons why I, I made the switch. Uh, you know, you start watching those old Hockey Night in Canada games and uh, some great memories of the past and, and wanting to to maybe make a few more of those before my career is over. I, you know, a few about a, when I realized they were coming back, I started to kind of do thumbnails on every team. And, and so the 24 teams in, I... I kind of watched a period or two of every team and kind of got familiar with, again, the, the lineups and the storylines that they went through this, uh, this year. We've, we've actually known for, I'd say, a week or two now that, uh, uh, which, which side we were going to be on. So I've been digging in mostly to the, the six teams involved in the three Canadian series in the Western Hub. Uh, so I've really uh, gone heavy into my research on uh, on uh, the Oilers, the Flames, the Jets, the Canucks, the Wild, and the Hawks, and uh, uh, kind of uh, even just today started, you know, expanding that a little bit more on uh, on the the uh, the teams that are going to get the bye and and uh, are guaranteed a spot in the next round. So St. Louis was a bit of a focus today, but uh, every day now, you know, you just kind of chip away and it's fun to get back into the groove. Challenges, if any, for you to uh, calling two, two games in a day. I Looking at the schedule, I don't think if it's Canadian teams, you have the potential for a triple header but certainly some double headers, and you'll be working every day. You won't have any off days in the series, especially through the qualifying round. Challenges voice-wise, if any? Well, I did three a day uh, for a couple of weeks at the Olympics, and at the time going into it, I wondered if that was going to be doable, and uh, I found you got kind of into a rhythm pretty quickly. And uh, some of the games stand out, others are not so much. But uh, but here, you know, I, 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 the the quality of the games are should be spectacular. Uh, two a day is not an issue. My only, you know, I'm kind of curious to find out what it's like calling a game in a in an empty rink. The ambience will clearly be different. Uh, I love laying out for crowd. I love riding the crowd when it's. Uh, you know, when there's momentum shifts in a game, a big hit, a big play, or, you know, a McDavid starting his rush, and you can feel everybody in the building kind of uh, winding up with him, uh, that's going to be different. So, uh, you know, do you lay out a little bit more when you sense there's a lot of audio on the uh, on the ice surface? Uh, you, 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 how much do you want to eavesdrop? And, and at what point do you have to talk over stuff that... Uh, probably is going to get beeped out so uh <laughs> that that's something that uh, we're going to have to get used to i i know we we did we did a lot of mic'd up games in the cfl and and fans would get upset at times because they knew the guys were talking but uh, they couldn't hear and we'd lay out uh and they said well why didn't we hear it if they're mic'd up well it, it was it was getting beeped out and uh <laughs> and uh so sometimes you got to try and figure out what the the sensor the guy with the man uh, with his finger on the button the delay button is, is is going to take out or leave in uh because it's not just uh, the four letter stuff that gets uh, in trouble they, they they're kind of cautious about uh giving away too much strategy or uh just some of the witty repartee that may not be for uh, a younger audience well john shannon tweeted out earlier today hearing the nhl plans to put the world feed broadcasts from the hub cities on a five second delay to monitor the players language so yes they are worried about some words 
<laughs> leaking up to the to the, there there should I mean Chris like sports that has like eighteen channels couldn't they have the censored channel and the uncensored channel I, d- I don't think they have the uh, ignore the CRTC regulation channel so <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's a great point. Yes. Chris Cuthbert joining us tonight, play-by-play voice for uh, Sportsnet. As I mentioned, he's coming to Edmonton here to call. Uh, he'll be calling the Oilers games and uh, and other Canadian teams as we get rolling into the postseason. All right, so you know, let's talk, let's talk a little bit uh, about first of all before the current Oilers teams. I know we've touched on this a little bit in the past, but you mentioned eighty-four to to 91 in Edmonton. So I guess we can say it started and ended with you. I mean, you, you, you had those Stanley Cup years. They coincide nicely with your stint here. I, I did miss the first one. Got in okay. uh, after the first one, but uh, the next four, it was quite a ride. And uh, the last series I did with the Oilers uh, as a resident in Edmonton was the 91 series. In fact, the producer, Mark Askin, uh, will be producing the uh for the uh for the international feed or that uh the the uh yeah the international feed of 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 the western games uh that 91 series was as good as it gets and uh more recently i i was around for the uh uh i did on on nbc i did the uh 2017 i think uh oilers duck series and uh and that comeback that nobody wants to hear about in uh in anaheim i think they call it the uh miracle on Catella or whatever but uh i guess enough of that yeah we don't we don't talk about that with the same flair as they do in anaheim i, I like I've, i i first saw you on tv doing television sports on on cbc and i've i mean i've interviewed you about it too when i wanted to go to nate i i called you to do my uh career investigation uh that was about 23 years ago <laughs> but so it's partly my fault it's partly your fault that people are stuck with me now <laughs> Because you were kind enough to answer my questions. You've done great play-by-play. Anything you, like, do you ever have that little bit of nostalgia about being on the desk or miss anything about doing a bunch of highlight packs back-to-back? I, You know what? I enjoyed it. Um, there was times when I, well, I started as a host, and, and I always wanted to be the play-by-play guy. I, I, it's just more of my personality. I, I you know, I'm... The the host has a a completely different job and and I just didn't feel like I was as cut out for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, every once in a while it's kind of neat if you do get back behind the desk. It doesn't happen much for me, but when you've uh, when you got a face for radio, uh, you should probably uh, uh, just uh, do do the voice of uh, of the play by play. And uh, uh, in my case, that would be. Uh, that would be the situation at this point. I, I don't have enough hair to go on, on back on camera. <laughs> hair and teeth, that's what they always tell you. Yeah, I, I, I'm bad in both departments. Though I notice now, because I did mostly TV the first half of my career, and like you couldn't have facial hair. Like they always say, don't have any facial hair in your demo tape. And now I see guys with the big bushy. I don't. I I probably shouldn't use this term, but the millennial beards, right? I mean, now it seems like anything's go goes if you want to be an anchor. Yeah, tell Elliot Friedman that. <laughs> That's a good point. Is he? Will he ever shave that thing? Uh, that's. I guess we're gonna have to wait for the opening game to find out. <laughs> Chris, uh, it's great to catch up with you. What, sorry, when are you rolling in? Did you mention that already? 
I I think we're I'm I'm in on uh, the Sunday or the day the actually the day before the uh, the first exhibition game. So uh, I'll just get in in time and then I'll set up shop and uh, again it uh, it'll be uh, I'll be in there for a while. Well, it's it's cool you're coming here. Thanks for checking in tonight to update everybody. I, hopefully, we'll have a chance to talk either on air or or casually as as we go through the tournament here. Really appreciate you checking in, Chris. I, I good to be with you, and uh, really excited about being out there. Uh, it's going to be spectacular hockey. I I, I think it's uh, we only want to do this once, but uh, I think it's going to be a pretty neat experience for everybody. Absolutely. See you soon, Chris. Take care, Reed. Thank you. That is the one and only Chris Cuthbert checking in on Inside Sports tonight, play-by-play voice for the NHL on Sportsnet. And, yeah, so here's what it's going to be. Calling the Western Conference games featuring Canadian teams. It'll be Chris Cuthbert alongside Louis DeBrusque from Toronto. It'll be Jim Hewson alongside Craig Simpson, who, of course, lives in Edmonton, but he'll be going to Toronto to call games there. From the Hockey Central studio, it'll be Bron McLean and David Amber hosting and the insiders and the analysts will be Elliot Friedman, Kelly Rudy, Brian Burke, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, Colby Armstrong, Kevin Bieksa, and Anthony Stewart. There'll also be the Punjabi team yeah, featuring uh, Harna Ryan Singh, who we've had a show on the show a couple of times in the past. Very good announcer too. We are off to a run and start inside sports on six thirty. Chad, happy to hear from you. The number to call or text seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're back after the break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to have Chris Cuthbert on the show and if you're watching the games on the tube you will hear him calling the Oilers games and the other Western Conference Canadian teams and of course here on 630 Ched Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer, Rob Brown and I will be along for the ride too. Selkie nominees announced today. Selkie finalist Patrice Bergeron, Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly. Finalists for the Norris Trophy are John Carlson, Victor Hedman and Roman Yossi. The Oilers did not skate today, so they went for three days last week, Monday through Wednesday, Thursday off, three more days, and then uh, getting today off, uh, they're back tomorrow. Not sure of the schedule beyond that, but it all leads into the exhibition game against the Flames one week from tomorrow. 780-496-0063. Norm in a combine says a uh, nice interview with Chris Cuthbert Reed. Thanks for that, Norm. We appreciate it. Uh, another texter says, love Chris Cuthbert. Nice guy. Great call. Glad he's coming to Edmonton and we'll hear him on Oilers games. And uh, another texter says, uh, hey, Reed, I wonder how many new words my kids are going to learn watching NHL games. I know they have the five second delay, but I doubt that who's ever clicking that button will be able to do it quickly enough all the time. 
<laughs> well, uh, there could be could could be a little interesting, <laughs> and and I'm sure, I, I think there'll probably be some sort of crowd noise or something going on that maybe will drown out some of the on ice chatter but it wouldn't surprise me if a, a word or two leaks through it does tend to happen sometimes all right a little more oilers talk later on with mark specter and former oiler andy sutton is on the show originally an edmontonian now in town to cover the minnesota wild we'll see how the uh, hub life the bubble life is working for sarah mcclellan when we get back <laughs> Connor McDavid flying yesterday during the Oilers scrimmage, broke in, scored a great goal. Numerous other chances getting in behind the defense got thwarted by the goaltenders. All four goalies played yesterday, Smith and Koskinen, and then Skinner and Wells. Olivier uh, Rodrigue has uh, been sent home here as the Oilers go through their training camp, getting ready for the exhibition game and the start of the qualifying round. Going to be very, very busy at Rogers Place. Going to be a lot of fun to bring you the Oilers games and follow everything else going on around the National Hockey League. Baseball getting set to go in a few days. The Blue Jays do not know where they're going to play their home games. They can't play in Toronto. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have submitted a bid to be a hub city if the CFL plays the 2020 season. Also, earlier today, the province of Manitoba revealed their interest in hosting CFL games as a hub city. Premier Brian Pallister offering $2.5 million to help Winnipeg act as a hub if the season is able to get underway. Of course, a lot of ifs around the Canadian Football League, and we talked about it last week, that if it is just a six-game regular season, that especially some of the American players might not say or they might say that is simply not worth it for me to come up to Canada and only make a third of my salary and, uh, you know, play in a, in a hub city and, and go through all that uncertainty and then, and then go home with a much smaller paycheck than usual. I, I think ideally they'd like to play eight to 10, as many as possible, but six is one of the numbers being thrown around. So yet another story to follow. 780-496-0063. If you would like to call or text, always happy to hear from you. And uh, we just had Chris Cuthbert on the show. He's always a pleasure to talk to as uh, members of the media are going to be descending or in some cases have already descended on Edmonton to get ready to cover the National Hockey League, including Sarah McClellan, who we've had on the show several times in the past, who covers the Minnesota Wild for the Star Tribune. Sarah, you're on with Reed Wilkins. Nice to catch up with you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's day three of quarantine and I'm cruising along. Good. Well, you know what? Before we get into that, r- remind uh, people of your uh, of of your connections to to Edmonton. I know you ha- you didn't you haven't lived here all your life, but some pretty strong ties here. Yep, I was born in Edmonton. I grew up in Fort Saskatchewan until I was nine, and that's when my family and I moved to the state, moved to Arizona. But this is where my passion for hockey started. Um, this is where my dad introduced the sport to me. We watched Oiler games, used to go to Northland's Coliseum. And uh, so this is where it started for me with the sport, where I fell in love and kind of turned it into my career. So it's always special to come back here. And... I mean, you you haven't just come back to Edmonton to work over the years, too, right? I mean, it was still someplace your family came. 
Yeah, for sure. I still have relatives that live here. So um, summers in Edmonton were kind of my thing. That was kind of normal for me to come back here in the summer and visit and uh, get out of the Arizona heat and get a reprieve. So um, I'm very familiar with the area. I love it here. It still feels like home, even though I mostly grew up in Arizona and I now live in Minnesota. This has a special place in my heart for sure. So how, how do you explain to people that you don't even want to go outside sometimes in the summer and then it's light out until, or sorry, in the winter, sometimes you don't even want to go outside and then in the summer it's light out until 11 p.m. Like, how do you explain that to Americans? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know if I could. I, I see it a little bit in Minnesota. It, it's not as, as late there as, as the sunlight. It's, you know, maybe 9, 9.30. It's not like here. Uh, but I love that. I just feel the day stretch out. It feels like summer. It feels like you're a kid again on break from school. So it's different. But I think the tougher part for me is when it gets dark at 4.30 in winter. I have a tougher time with that. Yeah, I, I do as well. <laughs> as many people do. You, you get the extremes here, that's for sure. Okay, well, so you're here. So first of all, tell me about the, the lead up to this for like like for me i've kind of known what my role was going to be i'll host the Oilers broadcast i knew i'd probably be doing it uh from the station which looks like it's going to be the plan i never really thought i i would get into the building and i mean edmonton anyway for you like did you have to be selected to come here how, how did this all shake down for you yeah there was actually an application process with the league that the star tribune we had to apply to gain access um it's a limited amount of media that will be allowed in for games uh so we went through that and obviously in coming here and crossing the border um i had to satisfy a 14-day quarantine which is why i'm here so early the wild series against the canucks in the qualifying round actually doesn't start till august 2nd uh, the second day of the tournament, but I'm here now so that I'm eligible to get outside and, and get into those games. So I'm actually not in the NHL bubble. I am not staying in, in that vicinity and that hotel setup. Um, my only access technically to the bubble will be to Rogers Place. I will get to go in and watch the games after I get my temperature and symptoms checked. If I have any, um, tell them how I'm feeling. I have to wear a mask. Um, and then I'll watch the game, and then as far as my understanding goes, that's it. I have to leave after that. I will go back to my hotel and write my game report from there and do the Zoom interviews online like we've been doing from there. So it's limited access, but it gets me in the building to catch the action, which is what we're excited to deliver to our readers back in Minnesota. Okay, cool. So uh, did you did you have to get a COVID test when you came to Edmonton or before you traveled here? I did not. Um, so as part of my travel here on Friday at the airport, my temperature was checked. They regularly asked how I was feeling. Um, but that was the extent of it. So that's kind of what this 14-day period is to make sure um, you don't develop any symptoms. Uh, but I did not. To get on an airplane out of the U.S., I didn't have to go through any type of testing um, for COVID as far as that goes. Okay, and are, so you're in quarantine now. Like you're saying, like you can't leave the ho- the hotel, your hotel room. How is how ex- severe is this quarantine? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much me in this hotel room. Uh, me and 285 square feet of four walls. So 
Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for now. I have food delivered. Um, I've been kind of using the apps and, and getting a taste of, of, of the restaurants in the area. Um, it gets delivered to my door. I hear a knock. It's dropped off. It's all contactless. Um, and that's pretty much it so far. Thankfully, it's, it's pretty spacious for me. I have a little workout corner. I have a little sitting area, a desk to do my work. So um, not going stir crazy so far. I'm finding ways to spread out and stay busy. So that's been good. Well, you can just call in every night if you want while I'm on, you know, like you just, we just talk about random stuff, other sports or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Phone lines are always open. That sounds good. <laughs> Sarah McClellan checking in tonight, covers the Minnesota Wild for the Star Tribune. Okay, let, let's talk a little hockey here. Uh, Minnesota, for, first of all, tell me a little bit about the, the, the journey for Devin Dubnik, because he was one of the players who spoke out initially with, well, I was going to say apprehension, but I think his initial comments were stronger than apprehension about trying to have a tournament and, and have hubs. How, how has he sort of been? Has he um, changed his stance or kind of been more accepting as, as we've moved through this? I think so, because he's been involved in this process from the jump. He's the wild um, NHLPA rep, so he's been very involved and, you know, really a conduit, I think, for information um, to kind of let his teammates know what's going on. And, uh, you know, I think he's expressing at the time, you know, the concern about being away from family for so long um, that many players kind of expected. But, I mean, you look now, teams are in training camp. They can still be with their families right now. They're encouraged, obviously, to, you know, limit their contact with outsiders and other people because this is a very critical week to making sure everyone stays healthy and is able to travel to Edmonton or Toronto on Sunday. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of guys, from what I've heard, you know, they're used to road trips. This one will be a little longer. Um, They'll be FaceTiming their family, staying in touch with all the downtime in the bubble that they'll have. And I think a lot of guys are looking at it as, you know, this is a, a two to maybe three month pursuit for a cup. And um, I think they see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, the trophy that they're playing for. And I think the families, you know, are understanding of that. So, and then if they advance far enough to the conference finals, it sounds like their family could join them in the bubble. So um, I think that was a big issue for the players and something that the NHL acknowledged and tried to accommodate with letting families in eventually if teams progress far enough in this tournament. Tell me a little bit about the Wild as a as a team. I mean, just from someone observing them and seeing them play and play against the Oilers, it, they, they appeared to have some pretty big bumps this season. They were just outside the playoff cut line um, when the season cut down, though I think they'd won seven of their last ten going into it. Uh, I mean, tell me a, a little bit about this team. Could, do they have the potential to be one of these better-than-their-record-type teams, or or do you view them as an underdog going in against the Canucks? I think it's fair that they, you know, maybe could turn some heads. You know, this was a team that was probably playing its best hockey right before the break. Um, you know, they had obviously fired Bruce Boudreau in mid-February, promoted the assistant Dean Evison, who is now the full-time head coach, a title he was given last week. Um, but this was a team that turned it on. The puck was going in the net. Uh, they were getting steady goaltending, not from Dubnik, but from their backup, Alex Stalock. Um, which has now opened up a competition in training camp to see who gets game one against Vancouver. Um, but they were just hitting its stride. Kevin Fiala had really taken off up front. Um, I think he had 26 points from February on, which, you know, if you look at from that point on, he was competing, you know, with the likes of 
Dwight Seidel and Zabana Jett in terms of the top scores in the league at that point on. Um, so everything was clicking, but it's been four months. So, you know, can they put the genie back in the bottle and can they recapture that magic? That's going to be the big question. I think there's confidence, though, that this group has proven that it can do it, that it can get on a run, that, you know, like you said, I think it won eight of its last 11 games going into the break. You win eight games now, you're, you're moving on far in this playoff tournament. So, um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see if they can pick up where they left off, um, but it's it's a team that has questions to answer before getting to that point. Like I said, chiefly what they do in that. Sarah, I'm going to ask you one more. And, and we initially got having you as a guest on 630 Chet, and you've been on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer several times in the past as well because you were covering the Coyotes. And we often wound up talking to you about arena issues, ownership issues. Is the team going to move issues? Are they going to draw more fans issues? Uh, <laughs> and now you're covering the Minnesota Wild. Like, maybe I don't want to oversimplify it, but like, is that simply the biggest contrast between the two markets with the wild you're mainly covering the hockey team with the coyotes you often found yourself covering some of the off-ice issues i think so and it's i mean it's just an indictment on where each franchise is i think in its life cycle obviously um you know the wild has now been in existence for 20 years and um you know it's been stable and steady and, and i mean it's gone through its evolution but um it's just in a different place than what the coyotes are where you know you see the arena is still something that um is a you know a topic that the franchise wants to address what's its long-term home um you know you see the changes in ownership that's just that's just where it's at in its process. So I think that's the biggest thing. The hockey is hockey between the boards. You know, we all can talk X's and O's on every team, but just that, that extracurricular stuff, that's, that's probably, you're right, I think, in the biggest difference. Right from, yeah, adjusting to the weather. That's a little different, too, on <laughs> away from the rink. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, thanks for, for checking in. It, it's it's good to catch up with you. Uh, good for you for getting to come to Edmonton. Um, you know what, Sarah? Chris Cuthbert was on, who used to work here, and he said he's going to have to find out good takeout and delivery places <laughs> in downtown Edmonton. And I, I a couple people have tweeted him. So people can tweet Sarah that as well if you're not already yeah. following her and you have double the followers I do. But I tweeted out her account so you can suggest places she can order from in Edmonton, especially while she's in her hotel room. Sound fair, Sarah? That would be great. I appreciate okay. it. All right. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk again down the road. I really appreciate it, Sarah. Sounds good. Anytime. Take care, Rick. That is Sarah McClellan checking in tonight, covers the Minnesota Wild for the Star Tribune. So there's there's sort of her process from a member of the media about coming to a hub city. And as she said, she's not really uh, in, in the bubble. She's not going to have any interaction with players. She can go to Roger's place, wear a mask, watch the games from the press box level, go back to her hotel room to do the post-game interviews and work and file stories and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, No interaction with players. And that's what we're doing right now through Oilers training camp as well. We can go sit in the stands at the downtown community rink and then afterwards all the interaction with uh, Coach Dave Tippett and the players is is through a Zoom call. 780-496-0063. We'll talk about a couple of storylines from Oilers camp over the weekend when we get back.
right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Andy Sutton, 14 years in the National Hockey League. We're going to catch up with him later on tonight. Briefly, an Edmonton Oiler. He was always good to talk to. He's doing some interesting things now. He'll join us between 7.30 and 8. So the Oilers on the ice over the weekend, and they made their first little lineup tweak yesterday, and that was Tyler Ennis moving on to the line with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto. Andreas Athanasiu moved on to the line with Riley Shan and Josh Archibald. Ennis, uh, an interesting player, acquired at the deadline. Um, pretty smart player. Thought he looked good after the trade deadline coming over to the Oilers. Here's what Dave Tippett had to say about Ennis. Ennis is a veteran player who's been around the league a long time. He's played with, against a lot of good players. He's not intimidated by good players. He's a smart player. He's a smart player that plays the game smart, plays the game efficient. He knows when to make the right play, and he knows when to play. You have to move on and try to find something uh, something similar, or something simpler. So he's a, he's a smart player. He plays off people very well, reads off people, and has good skill that, that um, you know, top players like to play with guys like that because they, they're good complement players. Ennis is one of those guys. Yeah, and that's what I've liked about Ennis as, as I've seen him here as an, as an oiler and why, for me, he would have been my, my first pick to join that top six as they try to look for somebody. And for sure, there's going to be line shuffling and players moving around as we get back into the competitive games. But he, he is a smart player, and as Tippett said, he, he knows when you have to try to make a play and, and knows when maybe you got to back off and, and look for something better the next time. And it, it, it was as simple to me as, as seeing him play on a line with McDavid at times and just knowing when to shoot the puck in and when to dump it in and let McDavid go chase it and not forcing plays at the blue lines and turning over the pucks and trying at all costs to get the puck to McDavid. So he's he's an intriguing player for me, giving the Oilers a little bit more depth. And as we know, depth, an issue for the Oilers over the last couple of years. Last year, they had five forwards who scored 10 or more goals. This year... They have 10 forwards who scored 10 or more goals. That does include Ennis and Athanasiu, who came over at the deadline, but still they're on the roster, and they scored those goals going into the postseason. So hopefully for Edmonton, a little bit more diversity to the lineup, a little bit more versatility, and the ability for Dave Tippett to move players around in-game and hopefully find that right combination. On the back end, he, he's he's been pretty good, and he turned some heads on Saturday, and that is Philip Philip Broberg, the first-round pick, from last year i mean very very likely going to play uh, in sweden for the next regular season but he has looked sharp he scored a beauty of a goal on a rush in the scrimmage on saturday he scored another goal in the second half of the scrimmage when he joined the rush and was able to convert a chance that started with james neal a younger player don't know when he'll be an oiler full-time but head coach dave tippett likes what he sees so far yeah he's looked he's looked very good he hasn't looked out of place at all and uh you know, physically he's a, I mean, he's he's young in age, but physically he's uh, he's mature. He's a thick guy. He's, he's a strong player. The skating is excellent. So, uh, you know, you watch him in these scrimmage. He certainly hasn't. Uh, you can't walk away from a scrimmage saying that he doesn't fit. If anything, you walk away from the scrimmage going he does fit. So, uh, so it's great to see a young player come in really his first opportunity to be around NHL players and he's he's acquitting himself very well so 
really good young man. He's like a sponge. He's trying to learn every day. And um, it's great to see him go out there and play well and, and fit in with our group. At the very least, good experience for Broberg to be with the Oilers as they go into the postseason. I, I would think that he's still a long shot to get into any games, but he's looked good. And, and Tippett said, you're not watching him in this camp and say, ah, oh, he doesn't, you know, he's got potential, but he doesn't really fit in. You watch him and say, oh, well, he is fitting in. And that's pretty good. And another young player, and we talked about this a bit last week, Ryan McLeod up front has looked pretty good. He's been making plays. He's looked speedy. He's looked confident been playing on a young line on a, a kind of a prospect line with Tyler Benson and Cooper Marodi, but th- they've had some pretty good moments and McLeod's been around the net. He's been involved in the play. He's been using his speed effectively. So that's been good to see as well. A couple guys who could be Oilers down the road, but yeah, Broberg's looked, uh, Broberg's looked very good often playing with Evan Bouchard. And, and I th- would say Broberg has outplayed Bouchard to this point. We'll talk about that with Mark Spector coming up between 7 and 7.30. Also want to talk to Speck about Sports Central. He's been heavily involved with that over the years. We're at the time of year where usually it's his annual golf tournament to help raise some funds for Sports Central. So what are they doing in lieu of that? How can you help if you're still able to? Speck will fill us in on that tonight. You can call or text 780-496-0063. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.